Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. But um, I, I want you guys to look at your neighbor real quick and say today's going to be good. And say, say today, today's going to be important. Tell your person today's going to be important. And, and I want you to also just say this with me to where the people online can hear. If, if, say this, if, if, if someone didn't make it, say it, if someone didn't make it, I want them to hear it later. Yeah, and so therefore, if you have a friend that comes to our church and you don't see him here today, I want you to encourage them, come back and listen to this, all right? All right, well, if you have your Bibles, which, you know, this is church, so that's not a bad idea, um, if you could open up to Matthew chapter 16, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the, the theme passage that we've been on for weeks, Matthew 16, 16 through 19. <clears throat> I'm just going to dive in. This is when Jesus was with his disciples, and he, he asked them, who do people say I am? But then he says, but who do you say I am, All right? So that's where this picks up. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I want you guys to declare that with me. Look at Jesus' face right now and say this with me. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's a powerful thing to be able to say that, all right? It's, it's, it's powerful when you connect your spirit to what you're saying. Not powerful when you're just saying it from your mind, okay? But when you're saying it from your faith, from your spirit, from, from actually connecting with who Jesus is in his spirit, it's powerful. Let's say it again. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus, I've been, I've been elaborating a lot on this, but Jesus was always intentional to not go around telling everybody who he is. Don't, don't, he even told people, don't tell them who I am. Like he told demons that. Don't, he's like, shut up. Because they'd say, you are, the, it's, it's Jesus, the son of the living God. And Jesus would be like, silence. Like he, you would think that he'd want everybody to know it. But, and, and then he'd even tell people, don't, don't tell people what I just did for you because it's not my time yet. All right? So, but what was going on was Jesus didn't want people just to be able to give lip service to who he is. He didn't want people just to, like, in the, in the carnal mind, be able to equate, oh, Jesus is, is the Christ, Son of the living God. He, he said, because Jesus said to Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Jesus was saying that there's no way that you could have actually known who I really am except for the God through the Spirit of God, open the eyes of your spirit to be able to see me in the spirit level because Jesus came cloaked with humanity to actually to hide his divinity until people could see it by the Spirit of God and not just through human eyes, okay? Jesus needed people to be able to access who he was from the Spirit, from uh, who he is in the Spirit from the Spirit, okay? So he needs people to be able to, to go beyond just the, the humanistic, um, religious realm. Spirit to spirit, okay? You, you, guys, you guys have been following me on that. All right, so Jesus is, is really blessed. My father, he's the only person who could have revealed this to you. And then he goes on and he says, and, and I say that you are Peter, because right now he's actually Simon, right? But Jesus said, I'm, but now I'm going to call you Peter, so Peter actually had this revelation that was so powerful about who Jesus is that, it, that Jesus actually declared over him a new name because he, he was now impacting his identity, okay? He, he's, Simon just shifted into a whole new realm in, his, in who he is. He entered into a new level of identity, and so Jesus says, you're no longer just Simon, I'm going to call you Peter. And, that, and in the Greek, that was Petros, which means small rock, all right? It means rock, but it's a small rock or a piece of a larger rock. And then he says, um, on this rock, whoa, I just heard echo. 
On this rock, I will build my church. I will, on this rock, I will build my church. And it wasn't Petros, it was Petra. When he says rock, it's Petra. And that means huge, massive rock, like big time, powerful rock. So he says on this rock, when he says on this rock, he's talking about the revelation the, of, of who Jesus Christ is. So, and I know this is kind of review, right? But, but he's saying that as you are able to see in the spirit who I am, you got the revelation of who I am at a spirit level. And now the revelation of me is what I can now build my church on. So, so you get to see me from the spirit, and now I'm going to build my church, and I'm going to start calling you Pe- Petros, which means it's, it's like G- he was calling Peter's identity into the revelation that God gave him of himself. So he's transforming Peter, Simon, into Peter. He was, he was actually giving him a transformational identity experience where he was making him a part of how Jesus was revealed to him. And, and I just want to I want to reiterate this the the revealing of Jesus Christ the way that He reveals Himself to you is going to actually make you a part of Him in that way, and so it's gonna it's gonna transform you. It's He's gonna be able to manifest Himself into you through that revelation. All right, do you get what I'm saying? How many of you guys would know this, that, that if you've been born again, you're a child of God, he actually brought you into the body of Christ? And how many of you guys also know that the church is, is considered the body of Christ? So he literally, through the revealing of himself, was bringing Peter into the body of who he is and manifesting himself through Peter at this point. And so Jesus is saying that through the revealing of who I am, I'm going to manifest myself into you and bring transformation through you. And through this, I'm going to be building my church, my ecclesia. So the ecclesia really is the people coming into transformation and manifestation of Jesus Christ together that becomes ecclesia. You guys with me? You good? Okay. All right, so, so I love it. He says, on this rock, on the, on the revealing of who I am, I will build my church, I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I've been going after this stuff, and I love it. I could preach it all over again and get, get just as excited as last time. But <clears throat> he's saying that as I build my ecclesia, that hell itself, it, hell has, it, it, there's, there's like domains there's principalities and there's domains, and, and like a gate is not a weapon, it's a, it's a shield. So it's not offensive, it's defensive. It doesn't attack, it protects itself, right? So, so Jesus is saying that the gates of Hades will not be able to prevail against me building my church. So he's building his church right there into the areas where the devil thought he had rule and reign. And he's like, nope, sorry, I'm going to build my kingdom right here, and it's going to crush through the gates of Hades. There's nothing you can do about it. You will not be able to prevail against me and my kingdom. Come on. <clears throat> and and I, want you to re- I want you to repeat this declaration with me again. Um, we are not on the defense. We're on the offense. Come on. And, and declare this with me. The church is not on the defense. It's on the offense. Satan is on the defense, not on the offense. You get it? Who wins? Amen. All right? <clears throat> and then he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That is, that is the craziest thought. I'm, he's like, I'm going to, you, he's not just talking about random Christians doing their own thing. Literally, it's in the context of his ecclesia church, all right? This whole thing is in the context of his church being built by Jesus Christ and working together, okay? It's not the Lone Ranger Christians. It's not the people who started their own ministries but didn't have any connection to the local body or the spiritual covering, all right, it's, it's the ecclesia, and he's saying, you who are part of my ecclesia, all right, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
whoa, he didn't say I'm going to give you the keys to the church building. (laughs) He said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Like, he, he literally is giving his people keys to be able to access heaven itself. Whoa, that's, that's no small thing, all right? And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. <clears throat> so we've been talking about the church or the ecclesia. We've been talking about bringing heaven to earth. We've been talking about um, crushing the gates of hell, and we can't lose when we're doing it with him, his way, okay? We've been talking about shifting atmospheres from heaven to earth, all right? And last week, I really focused on... The, getting the keys of the kingdom, and, and this is what I've said to you guys, that keys represent access. You get access to a place when you have a key, and you have authority, okay? Keys, if, if you're given a key, you've been given permission to access where the key will open, and you've been given the authority to use the key. You got it? All right. <clears throat> and so last week, I spent a lot of time um, talking about how I read a lot of verses about how God has already created things in the heaven realm, and he's already stored up for us all the things that we're going to ever need. And in Ephesians 1, it even says, blessed is he who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So like to God, all the things that we're ever going to need, including now and future, it's already available, it's already been given to us, but it's in the heavenly places. So it's, it's not in a place that you're going to be able to access through human ability. You're not going to be able to access it through religion and through just going through the Christian motions. It's, it's accessed through the spirit, the ways that God has given us to be able to reach into heaven. And the, but the Lord doesn't want that stuff just to stay there. He actually wants that stuff to be transferred to us right here on the earth. Now, there's probably some of those that are reserved just for heaven, but I believe that he also has tried to, he's already prepared for us all the things we need even here. How many of you guys would say that you probably need some breakthrough in your life somewhere along the way that God, for God to show up? Is it just me or a couple of you? Okay. All right. So whatever that breakthrough is, the Lord has already provided everything you need for it. It doesn't mean that he's just going to hand it to you on a silver platter, though, all right? And, that, and I talked to you last week about it, that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to seek a matter out. So, like, we, we actually, it, the Lord, um, <laughs> it, it sounds terrible, but Jesus, the one that said it, so that's cool. He said, he said, don't cast your pearls before swine. And it's like you don't, you, you want to make sure that somebody's going to actually put value on the treasure you want to give them before you give it to them. And so, like, God wants to give you all of his treasures, but he wants to see, are you willing to put the, the value on the thing to pay the price that it takes to get it? Okay? I, I spent a lot of time on that. Today, if, if I can pull this off, we've got to talk about the authority side of the keys, all right? And so that's what I want to talk about is authority on earth. And, and so I want to just remind us this, revelation, how, the way that the Holy Spirit reveals, revealing means like taking the, the curtains off your eyes, right? And, and for, sorry, in Ephesians 1, it talks about, um, may, I pray that the Lord will open the eyes of your understanding. So imagine your heart or your spirit having like eyelids over it, and, and they're kind of closed to a lot of the things of the kingdom. But then, how do you see? Oh, it's easy. You just go. You, 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 you open those eyelids, and boom, there it is, right? So, like, or, or, or you're, looking, you're, you're looking out a window, but there's a curtain there. What are you going to see? Oh, just the curtain. But does that mean that there's nothing outside? No, it's there. But you have to remove the veil to be able to see what already exists. So the remove the veil, reveal, right? Reveal, unveil, reveal. You get it? So the Lord wants to unveil our hearts, or the eyes of our hearts, to the things that he has already put in store for us in the kingdom. And so when he gives us revelation, all right, revelation determines manifestation. 
All right, everybody say that. Revelation determines manifestation. So what the Lord reveals to you is going to be the thing that he wants to manifest to you. It's one thing to know something in the Bible, like you know the verses. It's a whole other thing to actually press into it and encounter the Lord in it, and then by the Spirit of God, have him speak that thing to you and say, this is for you. Like where he's actually trying to transfer the reality of that thing into your spirit so that you can actually have a faith to pull on that thing, right? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God, right? So, so the Lord wants to reveal things, but he, wa- he doesn't want us just to know them. He wants us to encounter them, all right? So re- revelation determines manifestation, and here's an example. Jesus, um, Jesus revealed causes Jesus to manifest, okay? So you get the revealing of Jesus, and then he wants to manifest himself through that revealing, and he did that with Peter. I just, I just explained that. So he's talking to Simon, but Simon had a revelation of who he is, and now he's like, I'm not just going to call you Simon anymore. You're Peter, because I'm naming you after the revealing of what you just saw. Petros, you just saw the Petra. You saw the very foundation of what I'm going to build my church on. It's me. See me. You got it? How are you guys doing right now? Are we good or... Okay, so Peter received identity transformation connected to the revealing of Christ, all right? All right, so um, in the revealing of the Christ comes ecclesia. The body of Christ is the manifestation of Christ revealed in his people. All right? We are his body. We are, we are Jesus' body. Everybody say, I'm part of Jesus' body. That's not just Sunday school talk. It's actually real. Je- Jesus literally sees you as part of his body. All right? We are a part of his body because he's manifested in us and through us. All right? The revealed Christ manifests through our transformation. So it's him building his church as, as Jesus is manifested in us and we, we come into transformation through the revealing. Guess what? He's building his church because that's, that's the manifested Christ transforming us. It's actually taking something from spirit and becoming part of our flesh reality. Am I over your heads? You guys taking it in? Am I boring anybody? If I was, would you tell me? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> tell me later privately. Now check this out. How Jesus is revealed to a church, because have you ever noticed all churches are different, right? Every church is different. That's, that's on purpose by God, right? How, how Jesus is revealed to a church is how his church will manifest him. And if you didn't like a church, but they were in Christ, bummer, because you, you might not have liked something that Jesus was manifesting. Now, that doesn't mean that people aren't manifesting in their own flesh, too. And a lot of times, that's the part we don't like, but we still have to get the revelation of Christ to be able to see past that and see what Jesus really is doing amongst his people. Amen? So, so when Jesus is manifesting himself uniquely in, a, in churches, that's actually Jesus building his church. And the more that we understand of Jesus, or God, because like, he's the Trinity, right? Through rhema, that's, rhema is, is the revealed word, like where God reveals his truth through the Spirit. The more, the more you get rhema of who God is, the, the greater the church becomes. So some churches are more advanced than other ones in the manifesting of God. It's because 
they've gotten farther in the revealing that's caused transformation amongst them. You guys follow me? That doesn't mean that the ones who have it less are no good. It means we need to celebrate what God's doing because it's incremental growth. All right? Overflow Church is in incremental growth. Proverbs 25.2, I just said this a minute ago, is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search a matter out. And then I read this last week. Deuteronomy 29.29, the secrets, secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us. So when the Lord reveals parts of his kingdom and the mysteries of who he is and his kingdom, he actually is revealing it to you so he can give it to you. He's not revealing it to you just so you can know more about God. All right? He's, he's not, it's not just about knowledge. It's about actually kingdom transfer. So when the Lord's revealing, it's because he actually intends for this thing to become a part of your life and your community. Okay? So the man- manifestation comes through meditation of the things that God's revealing and obedience. Because you, you, can, you can see in the Spirit and understand things, but never put action to it, and it will never transform you. It just, it, it just ends up being just great ideas. God's not looking to just in, increase our great ideas. He's trying to transform us, okay? <laughs> and obedience is not just it's not just being a slave, it's actually, it's actually active faith in what the Lord's showing you and then partnering with the Lord in it. It's relationship. Obedience is supposed to be relationship. You, you see something that the Lord's showing you and then you choose to put your faith on that, put your agreement on that, and then you're like, Lord, let's co-labor, let's partner together. And then it's intimacy. All right, so manifestation comes through meditation and obedience to what was revealed. I'm going to have you guys repeat that one with me. I don't want this stuff going over your head, and I think I'm seeing it kind of skimming off people, like you're skipping rocks. <laughs> All right, repeat this. Manifestation comes through meditation and obedience to what was revealed. Anybody walking with me? Okay. You remember last week when I closed and I said confessions of a pastor? I was like, confessions of a pastor, we want to believe that you're actually taking in the things we're teaching <laughs> and actually letting it become a part of your life. And, I, and this week I've been, reading, um, I've, been, I've been reading through the Gospels in chronological order, and guess what the main story was that I've been reading? It's Jesus talking about the... This the farmer who plants seeds and it lands on different soils. And guess what the first one was? It was the one that landed on the road that he actually called. He basically was saying those who are, who are hanging out on the fringes <laughs> are the ones who it lands. It's like a, he said those who are on the wayside is how he said it. That the seed is like it lands on the road and there's nowhere for it to take root, so, so the birds come and pick it and take it away. He literally says it's Satan coming and stealing his, the seeds of the kingdom of God. It's actually a warning. And you get to choose, like we all get to choose, am I going to be a wayside person or am I going to press in? I don't want Satan stealing my seeds, and I don't want him stealing the seeds that I'm putting out here for you guys either. Amen? <laughs> Maybe I should stop this other series and just preach on that one, huh? <laughs> how we obey Jesus is how his church will be built. It's not just about knowing things. It's about, it's about obedience and action and letting something take root and become a part of your life. All right? Everybody say that. How we obey Jesus is how his church will be built. And Jesus taught this parable, and he said this. He said, whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, 
not just hears my sayings, but hears my sayings and does them, he will be like a person who's going to build a house, but he first takes the time to dig it out, dig out, and then get down to the rock where there's foundations, and then he builds on that. So it's like he takes his time to really put himself into this thing and go deep and solid, and then builds. And he says when, when the hurricanes and the floods come, it will, it will beat against that thing and it will not waver. But he who, does, who hears my words and does not do them will be like the person who just throws his house up on the sand. And that's a quicker way to get to your goal. But there's nothing to support it. So when the storm comes, it collapses. You guys follow me? Good. All right, so Jesus is saying that it's not, you don't want to just hear what he's saying or learn what he's saying, but obeying what he's saying the, the, the hearing and then the obedience is actually what builds the foundations that will make things last forever, okay? And if you think about that context, when Jesus is saying this about he, on, on the revelation that you just got, I'm going to start calling you Peter now, and on this rock, on this rock, this foundation, I will build my church that even Hades itself will not be able to prevail against it. No. It is good. And that's not boasting in me. This is Jesus' words. So, so it's through the revealing of the Christ, but then it's through our obedience and letting it become manifested parts of our lives instead of just because guess what? A lot of Christianity, especially in this culture, are, we're, we've been trained to want sugar-coated messages and, and to want somebody spoon-feed us and to make this stuff just get easy and streamlined, package this thing for me so that Christianity is easy. Guess what? It is not easy. But God is faithful. And if we put ourselves into this and let the Lord reveal himself, but then we put ourselves into actually taking hold of what he's giving us and revealing to us, let it become part of our lifestyle, you're going to get heaven and earth merging together in this explosive kingdom in your midst lifestyle. And it's worth every bit of pain and cost to it. And that's how Jesus built his church. So as Jesus reveals himself to churches and the revelation actually creates manifestations amongst his people, they're, they're, they're in a church realm, like in the individual realm this works, but I want you to look at Ecclesia, right? Because that's what we're focused on. You get different churches that seem different, and there's different graces, there's different flavors, whatever, different cultures, whatever you want to, however you want to call it. Like Jesus is revealing different parts of his nature, different parts of his kingdom to people so that that manifests amongst people and it gives them unique aspects. And so God needs uniqueness amongst different churches because he calls it his body, and the body needs to not all be just one buff bicep. You've got to have both arms, and they're, they're actually on opposite sides and doing kind of opposite directions, but yeah, they work together. You've got to have your legs. You've got to have every part. You've got to have every part, and it's different, but... But when we can honor the different parts of the body and see, wow, that's different than me, but I celebrate that because that's how God needs to show up in that way. And if we can be in unity and love and honor towards one another, then Jesus can actually fill out his whole body. <clears throat> how God reveals himself to you is how God transforms you if you submit to it. Okay? Your transformation gives you specific authority in the spirit realm. So when the Lord manifests himself in your life and he brings transformation to you where you're becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, guess what? Every way that he's manifesting change, kingdom change in your life, literally gives you authority in that area. 
to execute into this earth. Your personal breakthroughs that God gave you gives you authority to release that breakthrough to other people. You guys better get excited because I'm telling you that there's more power that God's put in you than you know. And whatever breakthrough you're going, that you're going after right now, when you get that breakthrough, guess what? You just got more authority on the other side of that breakthrough to bring breakthroughs to other people. You guys hear me? All right, Jesus said, he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's a profound statement. Some translations don't say it super good. Other ones got it right. But in the original language, when he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, that will be bound in heaven, actually, the, the, the tense of that actually is supposed to be, will have been bound in heaven. So where, where some translations says, it, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, that's the wrong tense. Because that sounds like, I'm going to bind something on earth, and then it's going to get bound in heaven too. Okay? I'm going to loose something on the earth, and then it's going to get loosed in heaven because I did that. It's kind of like we're... We're the one who is initiating this thing, and then heaven's following suit with us. That's backwards. Yeah, because it, it's, it literally, the context of it is whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Okay? It, it, it makes a big difference. When, when you can understand this, because, I, I mean, I've heard so many different teachings on binding and loosing, and it's all about demonic deliverances and whatnot. Like, okay, yeah, that can happen too, but this is way bigger than anything that has to do with deliverance. It has to do with being the, the, the administrators of heaven to earth is what this really is about. So it doesn't mean that you get to decide what's going to get bound or loosed in heaven, because guess what? Heaven is not your vending machine. <laughs> Everybody say that. Heaven is not my vending machine. <laughs> so what it means is that we need revelation from God of what has already been done in heaven. Okay? So that we can come into agreement with what's already been done and then cause it to happen here. Okay? So we're not starting the change. We're finding what change already is and then partnering with it. How are we doing right now? Jesus taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. He says, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So guess what? His will is already completed in heaven. Right? And Jesus died on the cross, and the last thing he said is, it is finished. I'm sure there's a lot of things that he meant when he said that, but I can tell you this. Everything that ever needed to be done has been accomplished already. If you're not awake in your spirits right now, wake up. <laughs> he who has ears to hear, let him hear. All these words that I'm saying right now by the Spirit, all right? I, I want to say this again. Heaven's not a vending machine. You're not calling the shots, all right? God's called the shots and we got to get the revelation of what he's already accomplished and then come into agreement with that. When that happens, he's given you keys to the kingdom. What we bind or loose here has already been done there. Right? The context of this is for us to discover what has already been done in heaven and then do it here. 
okay? And Jesus exemplified this exact thing. In John 5, 19, Jesus said, most surely I say to you, the son, he's talking about himself, can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son does in like manner. God wants to give us such a kind of relationship with him that we're so connected with God that we're, we're encountering him in heaven. That, that is not as mystical and far-fetched of an idea as many Christians think. Actually, it's more a part of your spiritual reality than you might know, and that's part of the revealing that we need. We're already seated in heavenly places. Your, your, your encounter with that reality will be in proportion to your revelation of that already as your reality. So Jesus, who was walking on this earth 33 years, had such a relationship with his father that he literally was hanging out in heaven and seeing what his father's doing. And he's like, Father, I saw what you're doing. You just gave me the permission now because it was revealed to me. Now I get to do it on earth. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be so close to him, encountering him, seeing what he's already accomplished in heaven, and as he reveals it, he gives it to us, and then we get to execute it right here on this earth. I'm way more excited inside than you look right now on the outside. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to be mean. I, I, just, I just think that this stuff is profound. Like this, this stuff, the stuff I'm telling you right now is the stuff that can change this world. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. Kingdom of heaven, he didn't say it's going to get in your midst sometime. How did he know the kingdom of heaven was in their midst? I'll tell you how he knew, because he showed up. Jesus lived in the kingdom, he carried the kingdom everywhere he went, and he showed up, and then the kingdom was with him. That's how he wants us to be. He wants us to understand that we are children of his kingdom and that everywhere we go, heaven's showing up with us. God's going to open our eyes, church, to, to, the, to a realm that's way greater than you know that already exists around you. Yeah, we are, man. I'm going. Are you coming with me? Let's do it. That, but this is why I'm spending so much time teaching on this stuff. I'm not just trying to give you guys good sermons. I'm trying to help us to, to, to get more knowledge and understanding of truth so that Holy Spirit, the more we do it, it's like I'm trying to knead into the dough the, the, the yeast of heaven. And so trying to knead this stuff into your your minds and your understandings because it's going to start catching more and more. And we're going to start experiencing and, re and seeing it more and more. And the more you understand it, the more you're going to experience crazy, powerful, miraculous, supernatural manifestations of God's presence and heaven in your midst everywhere you go. That's why we're doing this. Come on. <clears throat> Now, I want to remind us, though, everything that Jesus is saying in Matthew 16, 16 through 19 is the context of the revealing of Jesus Christ and him building his church through it. And it's through the building of his church, it's, it's within the ecclesia that he's actually saying, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. It's within the ecclesia that he's saying, I'm going to give you the power to bind and loose. And I just want to say this, that, that there's just something about us being a part of the bigger thing God's doing that there's, there's more for us even individually as we come together corporately. And I don't just mean on Sunday mornings. I'm even talking about throughout the week when you're not with somebody else, but we know our hearts are knitted together in the Spirit and that we're believing that God has actually formed us into his family and he's building his kingdom and that we're trusting that I'm still united with my family on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday. And that, that we're part of that kingdom and that, that we're actually the people who he's choosing to 
release his kingdom through so we can manifest it outward into this world. But you don't get it through lone rangering. That's, what I, that's part of what I'm trying to say. Okay? It comes through living aligned. Help me, Jesus. You guys might have to give me just a few minutes unless you want me to keep this going for another month. All right? Just give me a few minutes past 12 just so I got to I gotta get through some stuff, all right? And I'm going to try to bust through this. Um, we got to, this, this power that he's talking about, the keys of the heaven, it's, it's access and authority. It's being able to bring heaven to earth. It, it comes through the alignment of the things that he's saying in the passage. Like, you, you don't just get to take a little piece of it and be like, oh, I got this, but I don't really want the rest of it. No, this, this is being a part of his church that's going to change the world. That's what he's saying in this passage. You guys hearing me? There, there is so much deception in Christianity that has devalued the concept of church and so much offense that's caused people to have problems with leaders or with churches or other people, whatever. And the Lord's like, like it's not that he invalidates that stuff, but he's wanting us to get over it and get healed so we can actually have renewed belief systems about the bride of Christ. Because if we get out there and we detach ourselves from it, I've told you this, it's dangerous out there. It's dangerous out there. there. There's a spiritual covering that he has given in the church, whether you like it or not, all right? Whether you like it or not, this is God's system, not mine. I, I didn't come here to force stuff on people. This is his way. I'm just submitted to it. People are not aligned in these things. They're not going to be able to see the manifestation of this access and authority that he has for us at the level that God intends, all right, according to this promise. So I'm not saying you won't be able to experience things. I'm just saying it's not going to be anywhere close to the level that God actually intends if we don't do it his way. You guys all right? There's different types of authority in the, in the kingdom. There's, I'm going to tell you two different types of authority. One type of authority is spirit realm authority. That's where Jesus gave us the power in his name to be able to cast out demons, to be able to prophesy and, and, and to speak to wind and make it stop and, and heal sick people, these kind of things, right? There, there's that, and every believer in Christ has access to the authority that he's given to us in his name. You with me? Okay. But there's also governmental authority, and God created that. Man did not. Governmental authority. Okay. And governmental authority is delegated authority. Not, you don't get it on your own. It's given to you. Okay. It's, it's kingdom Governmental authority brings kingdom alignment. This is important to God. It, it, it requires a, a proper type of submission. I don't mean, I'm not talking about control. I'm just talking about a, like a heart posture of submission. It got to have that. There's got to be leadership involved where, where people are leading in ministries. I'm talking about, I'm talking about governmental authority. It's given by God, and it needs to be honored by people, right? This authority is commissioned and not self-promoted. Because when it's self-promoted, there's no covering on it, okay? It's commissioned, and then there's covering on it. You guys follow me? It comes through alignment to the authority that God has placed over us. And, and check this out. Angels partner with God's government when it's done right. I want you to hear that. Like, do you think the angels um, have attitudes with, <laughs> with, with like, I don't, I don't agree with that, so I don't want to do it. No, like, they know. They know what's right and wrong, and they partner when they see right, and they don't partner when they see wrong.
when God gives governmental authority to, in, his ch- in his church, in his kingdom, there, there's actually geographic authority levels that come with it when it's done right. Okay? There's, there's actually spirit realm authorities. Like I told you this last week, God actually, like, like you as an individual in the kingdom get to take dominion in the realms that God's given to you. And you get, to, you get to bring heaven into your, into your sphere of influence, in your home, in your family, in your job, whatever it might be. Like, you get to actually bring heaven there. And I also said this, that within the church, the ecclesia, that's the body of Christ coming together, that God is actually trying to put geographical impacts on it, take dominion more, not just in individual lives, but in the, the territory that God has assigned them to. You guys all right? You know, like, there's another confession of the pastor. We start saying things that can be risky, and you wonder how many people are showing up next Sunday after this. All right? (laughs) There's a flow of authority in in heaven, all right, in the kingdom of God. Authority in the spirit realm only works with people who are properly submitted to healthy, proper governmental authority in this human realm. I'm I'm qualifying that, healthy and proper. There's a lot of unhealthy and improper authorities, and I'm not talking about that, okay? You gotta, I want you to understand that. There's so many things. Help me, Jesus, help them. Give them patience with me right now, Lord. I I manifest the, I, I release patience on them, and I bind in patience in Jesus' name. All right. <laughs> Jesus. It's just a it's always the struggle of time. Maybe I should take a vote. Is everybody happy that Gene just said that or is somebody frustrated right now? <laughs> All right, now listen. I want to I want to put this caveat out there, but but God actually has created things to function with authority structures and submission to authorities. That's God's design. It, the devil has done everything he can in modern history to try to ruin people's idea of submitted hearts because of how many people have abused their positions and done it bad. And so it's caused people to not trust authorities. And so that's not okay. And I want to say that when people abuse authorities and they, they either functioning, they're, they're, they're functioning from sin that, that if you obey them, it impacts your ability to do the righteous thing or not. That is not what I'm talking about. Or if, the, if their authority is trying to put you, they're, they're going to put you in harm's way. Don't submit to that stuff. Okay, but, but when things are functioning the right way in order with true law and, and true righteous, okay, like we have to, like God is, he's actually requiring us to submit things, okay? <laughs> I could totally do another week, <laughs> totally good. I don't, I'm just afraid that if I do, you guys won't want to come back because you know where I'm headed next. Some people don't like it. Got, what's that? Another book coming from this series? God, God delegates it. All right. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm going to. It's too much. I just, I want to say this. Because there's a, I think if you give me like five minutes, I might be able to at least hit the main thing I got to hit right now. <clears throat> Can you give me that? Yep. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to give you that caveat that I know that there's unhealthy stuff and I understand like there's different ways to respond to that. But let's put that aside. And I want to tell you like when, when God has given you the good things, like, he actually needs us to have submitted hearts. And when I say submitted heart, I'm not talking about just your ability to obey what somebody says. I'm talking about a heart posture that actually honors that. 
and trusts it, okay? Okay, so... Um, <clears throat> In 1 Corinthians 11.10, Paul's teaching to his church, and the whole context of this section is contention in the church, which means disruptiveness. It means, it means that there's not unity. There's, there's things breaking against each other. And so what he's talking about at the, in this section, he, he actually brings up the concept of, of husbands and wives, and, and he talks about how women... Um, <clears throat> That they need to have a symbol of authority on their head, it says. It says in verse it says in First Corinthians eleven ten, it says, For this reason the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. That's weird. Because of the angels. And he, he actually is talking about <clears throat> how how the women need to understand that God has given the men, their husbands, to be the head of the house, if you want to call it that, to, to come under that with, with sub, a submitted heart, that they cover their heads. This was a cultural thing back then, the covering of the heads, so don't worry, we're not going Amish, okay? But, but it's not about, the, the dynamic of this is not so much about a hat, <laughs> right? It's about a spiritual sense of submission to a spiritual covering, and so a lot of people have abused that passage to try to, to try to force to the church, men are greater than women. That is not what is going on here, okay? The, the, it's not a passage where, where God's trying to give men the upper hand and say, I'm the one who wears the pants in the house. That is not the point. The point is, that God has ways where he, he brings spiritual coverings to people. And in the house, the man actually is supposed to be functioning as a servant of the Lord to, to serve the family and to be a priest of the house so that he can actually be a prayer covering and, and serve the family like Jesus serves the church, even though Jesus had to die for the church. Like there, it's, it's more of a humble position than it is like a, I've got the pants on. See what I'm saying? But in this, so I'm just trying to make sure you understand, like I'm not trying to say like men are greater than women because people use this and they're like, women should never even speak in a church through a microphone. No. Can it, all right? That's not the point. The point is that, that Paul is trying to say that in the spirit realm, there is something that angels recognize with people who, who have submitted hearts to the people that God's given spiritual covering to. And angels know when, the, when that submission is there, and they know when it's not. All right? So I don't want to focus on male and female right in the, here. I want to talk about this spiritual principle that when the Lord has coverings, where he actually has ordained a grace upon people to be uh, in leadership, which is actually supposed to be um, heaven's covering. It's not, it's not lordship, all right? It's covering. The, when people can posture their hearts under that, it's visible in the spirit realm, and angels understand it. And I want to tell you that the angels can recognize our submission and our non-submission to spiritual authorities. And, and you see places where there's, where there's apostolic graces and God's showing up and miracles are happening. I, you better believe it that if you could see in the spirit realm, there is so much angelic activity, like hosts of angels will come into a place where things are rightly aligned. You've got to hear this. Okay, angels partner with us, or they don't, according to our submission to kingdom authority, as well as according to us walking properly in our given authority while it's rightly aligned. Let me say it again. Angels partner with us, or they don't, okay, according to our submission to kingdom authority, as well as according to us walking out the authority that's been given to us, rightly aligned with the authority over us. You guys follow me? 
What I'm trying to say is when we walk in the graces God's given us and we honor the graces that God's put above us, and, and listen, I have, I, I've been given spiritual authority here, but I'm under authority. I am, and I'm submitted to it. And They can say whatever they need to, and they're going to get honor from me. Okay? It, it, it's, it works through all the levels of it. But angels see that, and they see when we're rightly aligned, and they see when we're not. And when we're rightly aligned, they bring heaven's resources to us. It comes, and it flows, and God gives keys of the kingdom, and it flows through all of this stuff, and you start seeing breakthroughs happen, and it's a real thing. And my friend Tony Costa, he says this, if I'm not submitted to a man or a woman I can see, I'm fooling myself if I think I'm submitted to a God I cannot see. It's a real thing. An unsubmissive heart comes from a spirit of lawlessness. Lawlessness, which is the same thing as rebellion. Okay? In 1 Samuel 15, 23, it says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of, whether it's actually witches or not, I'm not trying to say that, but there's a lot of that in the church because people don't have submitted hearts because they've learned that leadership is evil. I don't need to have submission to people over my life. That's the culture. It's anarchy. It's, it's like, let's everybody just do their own thing and don't tell me I'm wrong. All right? You guys with me? I, this is, it's awkward, but it's so important. And I, I am completely out of time, and I wasn't done. Said that. John, I'll see you next week. Good. I, I, need, I, I think I just need to, I need to ask you guys, like, I, I'm actually not done with that topic, but I, I totally am out of time right now. I hope that you guys will listen to the rest. Like, this is one of the most awkward topics, honestly, for a pastor to speak on because there's the fear that people are going to think, well, this guy's up here trying to manipulate us, try to get the upper hand. I hope you guys trust me better than that. <clears throat> I, I, in good conscience to the Lord, can say this, and maybe somebody would feel differently, and if you do, please tell me later. I believe that I have never abused my authority to try to control somebody. As a matter of fact, I've probably leaned too far the other way when I maybe should have spoken to things more. But I'm, I'm just wanting you to hear this because um, the whole topic of what we're talking about is that we, we want heaven on earth. How many of you guys want heaven on earth? How many of you guys want heaven like literally like manifested in your life and in your home? How many of you guys can, can envision like when, when I talk about like revival breaking out, like people can say this is what revival means or this is what it means. I don't know exactly what it means, but I can tell you this. What I see it meaning is that heaven, with God's glory has come in our midst and has literally manifested himself and heaven, and it becomes open heavens, and the angels are coming, and we're seeing there's like no barrier between us and all the things that God has already provided for us, and it's flowing and breakthroughs happening, and we have conquered the garrisons of the enemy to get to that place, and it's like we have reached past this tipping point that we've been contending for where heaven erupts amongst us and lives are transformed. And that's what we're going after. That's what we're building towards. That's the, that, these are the things I'm, I'm trying to help get us into this place of 
greater revelation of who Jesus is in his kingdom so that it can actually become more manifest in our lives so that we become transformed and carry that thing into that breakthrough realm we're talking about. And so I can't help the fact that God needs us to have a holistic understanding of how the kingdom works. And part of that is the awkward stuff that some people don't like. And guess what? I'm okay with it. If it makes you uncomfortable, as long as you're willing to submit your heart to the Lord past what's comfortable. Because Jesus never called us into comfortable lives. He called us to live kingdom lives. And this is part of it. We, when, when the Lord puts a grace on something and there's kingdom authorities, there, there's, like, we want to walk in our authority, right? Like, you guys, I believe this in you, that you want to walk in miracles and signs and wonders, and you want to be able to hug somebody and a demon comes out of them because they encountered God's love through you. I believe that you want that, that, that you can walk by people and you're so exuding with his presence that you bu- accidentally bump into somebody and he spills over on them and they just got their arm healed. I, I believe that you want to be those people, right? I believe it. We just have to understand that like heaven, like God wants to partner angels to us. Like that's actually part of this. And the, but there's this heavenly kingdom alignment thing that we have to enter ourselves into to get the angel saying, I agree with what I'm seeing there, and I'm drawn to it now. Because they, they're attracted to that. You guys catching this? So that's why I got I to, gotta, next week, I got to finish this, because I need us to understand, like, it's not about teaching comfort messages or sugar-coated messages. It's about us learning the ways of the kingdom and then choosing to move ourselves out of the comfort zone into maturity. (laughs) Because when we don't, it's actually immaturity. Okay? So, let's, why don't you guys stand with me? (laughs) I'll bet you guys didn't see that message coming when we're talking about the, the Matthew 16, 16 through 19. Why don't we lift our, lift our hands to the Lord right now. <clears throat> God, I, I ask you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, that you will help every heart in here to understand what's in your heart, Lord God, in, re, in regards to to these principles that I've been teaching today. Help every heart to understand at a new level, Lord, that when you you bring the keys, it gives us access. It also gives authority. But But it's in the context of your church and there's covering with it, and there's so much you want to do to change this world and to crush principalities and powers through us, but we have to be aligned with your ways. And and I pray, Lord, that you'll help everybody just to catch a revelation of what alignment looks like and why it's important, and with with a hope and a trust in you, Lord, that you work through that. And God, I thank you that you work through our humanity and through our messes, through our imperfections, Lord. You still show up through that stuff when we have our hearts in the right place. Lord God, I, I, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll just help hearts to perceive truth in these things and that as alignment comes that there's going to be shiftings in the spirit for them where they're going to be able to experience you showing up in a more powerful way on them. I ask you for increase in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, increase with your manifested presence. And I don't know if anybody's going to understand what I'm going to say, but I'm I'm just going to say this in the spirit. This message, and, and as it continues next week, 
is an, this is an absolutely apostolic message because the apostolic is meant to bring kingdom order. And that's what this is about. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Lord, there's been so much rebellion and mistrust and abuse of leadership, Lord. And I, I ask you, Lord God, just to bring healing to people in those areas. Bring healing to people in those areas so that you can restore trust rightly in Jesus' name. Bless everybody. Angels, I, I ask you to come and minister to people and be released in their lives. In Jesus' name. Lord, bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I love you guys. I'm, I Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> if this message, like, stirs anything in, in people that doesn't feel good, like, I, I want to ask you just to seek me out privately and let's talk about it. Like, I'm not trying to do that, but I'm not trying to make people feel awkward or anything, but I just want you to know, like, I'm here to talk through stuff, even if you disagree with me, okay? It's fine, but I, I just... I'm just giving the best I can up here. So.